Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Another round of talks may be the morning medicine to end the nurses' strike. Sean Adams will have the latest. Weed grows in Connecticut today legally, while New Jersey wonders how to spend all that tax money. A big money jewel heist in the city by three guys on e-bikes pedaling off with millions. Plus, we'll dip into the archives for our WCBS 88 Seconds and Sound. It's Tuesday. It is January 10th. Good morning. I'm Wayne Cabot. And I'm Paul Murnane. Craig Allen says more clouds than sun. A mild January high near 45 today. Well, the nurses' strike continues at two major hospitals after the failure of nighttime talks to reach an agreement. Sean Adams is here now with word that negotiations may resume this morning at Montefiore on the Upper East Side. He's there right now. Sean. Well, uh, both sides are talking again at Montefiore in the Bronx. Uh, no negotiations, though, taking place right now at uh, Mount Sinai here in Manhattan. For 7,000 striking nurses, the picket line resumes in an hour. There was plenty of chanting, cheering, and horn honking yesterday as nurses left their posts to bring attention to what they say is a staffing crisis. Too many patients, not enough nurses. They fear lives are at risk. The union says these nurses served bravely through the pandemic. The dark days of COVID pushed them to their breaking point. Tentative deals have been reached at other hospitals, 19% raise over three years, but no deal yet at Montefiore and here at Sinai. Uh, the hospitals, they've brought in temporary nurses, administrators are helping out, ambulances are being diverted. Mount Sinai says uh, with COVID, flu, and RSV surging, the timing here, it's terrible. The strike is reckless. Live in East Harlem, Sean Adams, WCBS 880 News. Sean, weed dispensaries are set to open today in seven towns throughout Connecticut as the Nutmeg State begins sales of buds, brownies, and cookies. It's cash or debit card only, though, at the shops opening today in Stamford, New Haven, Brantford, Newington, Montville, Meriden, Willimantic. Credit cards are not used at dispensaries because of a longstanding federal rule categorizing cannabis as a Schedule One drug with no medical benefit. Users will tell you otherwise. The stigma from Uncle Sam continues. Federal legislation to change that failed last month when Senator Mitch McConnell blocked the bill from the omnibus spending package. The New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission will meet today and tomorrow to discuss how cannabis tax revenue should be spent, how to share it. They're inviting public comment on this. Some of the money is mandated to go towards social equity programs to undo the damage from prosecutions under laws that are no longer on the books. How about this story in Brooklyn? A Park Slope jeweler says thieves used hammers to grab $2 million in valuables, and then they sped away on their e-bikes. Police are still searching for three men involved in a smash-and-grab jewelry heist Sunday. Irina Sule is the owner of Fastest Jewelry Store. I'm just grateful. I think that we were all very grateful to just be alive. Surveillance video recorded the entire incident that lasted just more than 30 seconds, showing the robbers using hammers to smash the glass displays. I can't even imagine if it took an, if it took a minute and a half, that would have been gruesome. She says the thieves knew what they were doing, taking only big ticket items. In total, Sule says they took jewelry valued at up to $2 million. In Park Slope, Darius Rancius, WCBS 880 News. 
Now to the Weather Center, our Chief Meteorologist Craig Allen, our mild January drags on. Yes, it does. There's no sign of really cold weather. Anything bitter, that's out of the question. But we may be limited now in the amount of sunshine we see today. Still, though, we'll get up to around 40 to 45, but clouds have drifted down all the way across New England and New York State and have made their way down just about to the city and central sections of New Jersey. So uh, the sun will have a hard time getting through some of that, but it will from time to time. Fair and cold for tonight. The sun will mix with clouds for tomorrow and high again right around 45. Thursday is a cloudy day with showers developing. First raindrops now could get in here before lunchtime, but still looks like the steadier period of rain comes in late Thursday, Thursday night, and into the early part of Friday. And by Friday, it's up between 50 and 55 degrees. Right now in the city, it's 38, humidity 59%. Craig Allen, our chief meteorologist, WCBS News 880. How New York State will handle those with mental illness will be addressed today by Governor Hochul in her State of the State speech at 1 o'clock. She's already spelled out several ideas, including forcing private hospitals to devote hundreds of more beds to the mentally ill. She also wants schools to expand mental health services to young people. New York City's Mayor Eric Adams is asking the state to require hospitals to hold mentally ill patients longer if they don't adhere to their outpatient treatment plans. And as we await Hochul's speech, our Long Island Bureau Chief Sophia Hall has been in touch with the Nassau and Suffolk County executives on what's ahead for Long Island. Sophia, good morning. Uh, Good morning, Wayne. For nearly every homeowner, property taxes are always a concern. I spoke with Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman, who tells me a report is set to come out this month by the county controller on house assessments, and that could help bring taxes down. As far as layoffs, none expected. In fact, Blakeman tells me the county is fiscally sound. We hired 86 new law enforcement professionals uh, this past year. We're going to continue hiring. We need more police officers, more corrections officers, more deputy sheriffs. So we will be doing that. We're hiring more probation officers. For Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone, this is a big year for him. His final year as county executive because of term limits. One of the biggest concerns in this administration has been reversing the decades and decline that we had seen in water quality. We've made incredible progress. There's so much more to be done. And, and in 23, we're looking forward to new investments in sewer infrastructure. There's a lot of federal money that is out there. Senator Schumer has brought uh, to us here. Now, most residents do have cesspools here in Suffolk. He tells me no layoffs plan for the county either. Wayne and Paul. So if this is also State of the State Day in New Jersey, but if Governor Phil Murphy has any announcements to make, he's keeping them close to the vest. The entire legislature is up for re-election this year, so it may not be the best time to float big-ticket items. It's also possible that Murphy will run for president. We'll see, won't we? Yep, and Governor Murphy's joining the growing movement by governments to unhook from TikTok. State agencies in New Jersey are being told not to use what the governor's office calls high-risk software. The governor's office TikTok account that he has, by the way, has about a half a billion likes. Unclear what's going to happen with that. FBI Director Christopher Wray told Congress the Chinese government could use TikTok to control software on personal devices. TikTok says the data it gathers is used only for good. Tuesdays here. Good morning. I'm Wayne Cabot. And I'm Paul Murdane. More clouds and sun today as we head for a high up to 45 degrees. It's mild for January, isn't it? Tell me lies, tell me sweet well, if George Santos had only $55,000 on hand in his personal finances in 2020 as his financial forms state, then how did he lend his campaign more than 10 times that amount? 
Our Steve Burns looks at Inside the Federal Election Commission investigation. Follow George Santos's money. That's the simple request from the nonpartisan Campaign Legal Center to the Federal Election Commission. When we see these red flags in his campaign finance disclosures, we have to look at that through the same lens, which is this is a guy who does not tell the truth. The CLC's Sarav Ghosh says those red flags include what appear to be personal expenses paid for with campaign cash, some fishy expense totals like 200 bucks for a high-end hotel room in Florida, and maybe the biggest of all is multi-million dollar DeVolder organization. There's really no explanation that holds any water as far as this entity earning millions of dollars almost overnight during the exact same period when he was running. Ghosh is worried that Santos could really be getting his money from a corporation, or worse, a foreign national. Santos has yet to comment. Steve Burns, WCBS 880 News. Up next, it's our WCBS 88 Seconds in Sound for January 10th, beginning with the frightening uncertainty of two years ago. We think this is a post-holiday bounce. Our holiday get-togethers, said Dr. Scott Gottlieb on Face the Nation, fueled a spike of three to 4,000 COVID deaths a day in January of 2021. But the bottom line is that we need a better system for detecting these things so we can have an adequate public health response. And we still haven't heard of Delta, which would come in May, or Omicron a half year after that. Candles, song lyrics, flowers continue to grow. New Yorkers say they... In 2016, we got the news that David Bowie died here in New York of liver this cancer. This was his home away from home. And in Jersey City, only a few months later, a giant Bowie mural went up, 180 feet tall. Painted by the international artist Eduardo Cobra. It's still there on Jersey Avenue. Mr. Soprano? The show ranked by TV Guide Greatest of All Time <coughs> yeah. debuted on this date in 1999 with the Jersey mobster getting therapy. Forty workers on Staten Island were crushed to death on this date in 1973 when a huge liquefied natural gas tank exploded about a mile south of the Gothels Bridge. It's a land NASCAR bought for a track that never got built. People in Rossville still remember Staten Island's worst industrial disaster. <laughs> In 1964, the first Beatles album landed in the U.S., a collector's item now, because VJ Records lost a court fight with Capital EMI, and now introducing the Beatles goes for a thousand bucks factory sealed. Fifteen dollars for a well-loved copy. This is January 10th. in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 